Hey, what's up, Warrior? It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 382. This week, your everyday carry gear may be all I fact up, and I have just the guest who can help fix it. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Okay, Warriors, I have a question for those of you who own a firearm or you have a knife or some other kind of weapon for personal defense. So how many times have you actually ever been in a life or death attack scenario where you've had to draw your weapon to defend yourself? So for most of you, that's going to be a big fat zero, right? But How many times have you encountered a situation where there was an injury of some kind, whether that was maybe an injury that you sustained or even just coming across like a vehicle accident where someone may have even had life-threatening injuries? So that number is always going to be much higher, or at least the possibility of it happening is going to be a lot higher percentage, right? That's why if you were to ask me the number one most overlooked piece of everyday carry gear that everybody should have on hand but doesn't, I wouldn't even have to think about it. For me, it is hands down some form of individual first aid kit, affectionately known in our industry as the IFAC. Now, fortunately, more and more warriors out there, especially those of you who carry a concealed firearm for for everyday carry, they're getting a clue and preparing themselves not just for protecting their life and their, their loved ones with a firearm or some other weapon, but also for preparing for the potential need to save a life after an attack where you or someone you love could be the victim of a life-threatening stabbing or a gunshot wound, or it really could just be you coming across like a critical vehicle accident that's not gonna be able to wait for first responders to get there in order for someone to stay alive. So when you are the only medic on the scene and possibly the only one who can save your own life or stop the bleeding of someone that you love to save theirs, you're gonna be well-served to have the right gear for your role. And that's where the IFAC really can be a lifesaver. But just as with a firearm, your survivability is heavily dependent on being able to use the tool for the job that it's designed for. And when it comes to the IFAC, not everybody gets this right. That, my fellow warrior, is exactly what we're here to correct in this week's episode. What's up, everybody? This is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com. And today I'm joined by Brian McLaughlin of MountainManMedical.com to discuss his top five life or death IFAC mistakes that everybody needs to avoid. Brian, welcome to the program, man. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm happy to be here. It's good to have you on. I know we've been we've been trying to actually um, Jacob over at ConcealedCarry.com has been trying to hook us up for quite a while now. So I'm finally I'm glad we finally got on here. Um, for those of you that are not familiar with Brian's work, uh, this is the first time on the show. But he is a combat veteran of the War on Terror, attached to the Marines in Afghanistan, and he really cut his teeth on trauma medicine, working initially in emergency room environments. Now, his medical training and his service extended through multiple trauma schools, including EMT work, both as a civilian and active duty Navy corpsman. Now, after leaving the Navy, Brian worked as a security consultant for faith-based organizations and led force-on-force active shooter drills, including civilian combat trauma management, before he transitioned over to his current role as director of medical training at Mountain Man Medical. Now, you can learn more about Brian and his medical gear and training, all the resources that he had over at www.mountainmanmedical.com. Plus, Brian also has a YouTube channel and a Facebook page. So just go over on the YouTubes and look up Mountain Man Medical and you'll find them in there as well. So Brian, these uh, these 
five, like these top five things are really easy for me to do. They're like my easiest interviews because really I can just sit here and just, okay, what's, what's the next part? But like, I'm so passionate about the IFAC. Um, I've always found it really weird almost that, that people will carry a gun or a knife or something like that for personal defense. But to me, like the, you know, everybody in everybody's brain, the, you know, the bad guy goes down, he's got a couple of bullets in him, and then you're the hero of the day. But people don't really stop to think, well, what if, you know, you get shot or like, I can't imagine like watching a kid, your kid in front of you, your grandkid, just kind of bleeding out because you don't have the right, right supplies on you there. And so I've always been like, I, for me, if you carry a gun or if you carry a weapon for personal defense, a lethal weapon, like you just, you have to, like, you have to carry an IFAC. So I'm really interested in what you have to say, because I know that not every IFAC is designed the same. And I know you have very specific things that you include in it and some very specific tips. But in all of your training, civilian, military, everything that you've gone through now, I'm very curious about the biggest mistakes that people make, because those are typically like the myths that are out there or just things that people don't think about until it's really too late. Mm. So, like I said, this is the easy one for me. So... <laughs> Brian, what is the what is mistake number one when it comes to the IFAC? Well, I think um, before you know like we get into that, I think you know it's important for one of the things that I try to impress on people all the time, especially in the gun community, is how important it is to uh, be a well-rounded warrior. You know, a lot of times uh, guys will focus on just the combatives of a thing, you know, and they'll won't pay nearly as much attention to uh, the tactics and um, the other types of things that you need to do. And if you're going to have the tools to poke holes in people, you got to have the tools to patch those holes because those holes might be in you. You know, gunfighting or combat in general is just an inherently risky endeavor all around. So knowing how to take care of that stuff's pretty essential. And I would say uh, one of the top things that I see the most common, one of the most common mistakes uh, with IFACs is not having one or not having the tools available to you. A lot of times I'll hear people talking about like, uh, ah, it's not that big a deal. I'll just improvise something on the fly. You know, I've, I'm wearing a belt, right? Everybody's wearing a belt. Um, that's one of the big things that I'll hear, you know, um, and can you stop bleeding with a belt as a tourniquet? It's possible. I've heard of it working before, um, but you're going to need that belt to hold up your gear. If you're like me, you got a lot of gear on your belt. And uh, I think a belt is an essential piece of equipment that you need to have on you all the time to be able to fight effectively. And um, using that as a tourniquet, not your best bet. You don't want to ever be improvising medical gear unless you absolutely have to. You might need to. That it might be just a bad circumstance. You run out of medical gear. You just have so many casualties laying around you that you need to start improvising. But we want to try to avoid that if at all possible. Um, you know, like people will talk about improvising a tourniquet. And that's fine if you know how to do a good improvised tourniquet. And, and I've got a video on my channel about how to do that well. Um, so it's definitely possible to do. But the whole time you're running around trying to find all of the, all of the pieces uh, to make a good tourniquet, what's your casualty doing? Just bleeding out, right? So yes, it's a good skill to have to be able to improvise your own medical equipment, but we don't want to unless we absolutely have to. We want to be efficient and effective and uh, improvised medical gear is neither of those things. Um, now you can make, you can still do a lot of good. You can still help people out and save lives, um, but we want to try to avoid improvising at all possible. So carry a medical kit nearby, 
Um, I don't always carry one on me. I might carry a couple things in my pockets for uh, kind of EDC purposes, but I'm not going to be walking around with a trauma bag. So I at least recommend that you'll have something in your car or your truck or, you know, in your house so that you can get to it quickly when you need it. So I'd say that'd be the, one of the first things, uh, the first mistakes of IFAX is not having one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's like one of those things that I think a lot of, especially like the gun guys, right? It's, like it's not as sexy as being able to poke holes and stuff. And so it becomes a check the box sort of thing. It's like, oh yeah, I can just use my belt. Checked, don't even have to think about it beyond there. And then they go to use their belt in an actual situation. It's like, oh, wait a minute, I've got my got my gun attached to this and I've got my extra ammo and I've got my flashlight and I got my night like, like, oh, now what do I do with all this stuff? So it's it's one of those things where people really have to think through the, the possibilities of each scenario to understand how the equipment that they're even wearing can or can't be used or what it's gonna, what that domino effect's gonna be. That's interesting. Okay, so what is uh, what is IFAC mistake number two? I st- IFAC mistake number two. Um, I would say making sure that you've got the right equipment. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there on the market right now that is just, um, it's very, um, it's not been tested. Um, and it's being produced by people who don't really understand what's, um, what the product is and how to use it. And they'll just flood in the market with things that might not be nearly as effective as some of the more trusted things out there. So uh, making sure that you're getting your gear from a reputable company is going to be very essential. Um, There's a lot of different uh, big brand companies out there that are producing their own medical equipment because they get a, a, a big price reduction, of course. So, um, but the problem with those items are they haven't been tested nearly as much as something like the North American Rescue uh, Cat Tourniquet, where it's been in combat for, excuse me, a lot of years. It's been used on a lot of people by a lot of experts, and it's and it's very well trusted. So making sure that you've got the right gear um, in your kit is going to be pretty important. Um, so finding some trusted resources like that, it, I think, will uh, do a lot of good for everybody. Yeah, I think that was the first video that I saw on your on your YouTube channel was and it was I think it was a cat tourniquet and it was like these things are pouring out of China now just you know left and right because they look like they look like the real thing right but I think you even said I think you said in your video like you went to use it and what happened well uh, that it fell apart um, for one uh, I tightened it and I could not I couldn't get it tight enough to actually occlude the artery. Um, so I still had a pulse at the distal. I, I still had a distal pulse and that was, that was an immediate no-go. And then just continuing to crank it down, it just falls apart on it, on you. The material is too stretchy, especially for uh, the windless um, strap. So it just continues to tighten on itself, kind of like a rubber band might. And uh, so it takes a significant amount of time longer to try to get it applied. And then when I had it applied, it didn't even work. And then continuing to turn it just made the whole thing fall apart. So making sure that you've got a a quality one is important. I I recommend checking out that video. So I I show how to spot some of the techniques or some of the things that will pop out if it's a counterfeit. Um, But making sure that you're going through your current IFAC right now to make sure that there's nothing in there that is counterfeit is pretty important. I've known some uh, fairly reputable companies who thought that they were stocking their trauma kits with authentic North American rescue cat tourniquets and they were just Chinese knockoffs. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that it's gotten people killed and I won't use them unless it's for training. A lot of times I'll tell people to um, just write fake on the uh, tourniquet um, 
time marker, uh, just write fake on that. And then you can use that as a uh, training tourniquet for you to practice on using your real cat tourniquet, but I wouldn't trust my life to it. Mm. Yeah, good point. We'll go ahead and put a link to that video too, because I thought that was a real, I thought that was a great video. So we'll put a link to that in the resources for, for this podcast as well on our website. Um, okay. That brings us up to IFAC mistake number three. All right. Well, I'm trying to think of all the mistakes right off the top my head. So let me think about a, a IFAC mistake number three um, would be having items in it that you don't need. Uh, a lot of times uh, I'll see people having these massive trauma kits with tons of items in it that they just don't, they don't know how to use it. Um, a lot of times it's just stuff that you should have in there, like a tourniquet or chest seals, but you don't know how to use those either. Um, you have to know how to use every item in your trauma kit effectively and know how to use it to treat somebody who's, who's bleeding out or has a sucking chest wound. So getting that training so that you know how to use all the items in your kit is going to be essential. But it's also important not to have things in there that you're really not going to need, like uh, maybe uh, a needle decompression. Um, that's not something the average civilian is going to find very useful. That's, that's great in the combat setting where you might be in place for really long periods of time. Um, but in the civilian setting, it's far less important. Um, same as with a, with a crike. You know, you're, you're not going to be doing too many crikes on people and carrying around a crike kit, um, especially if you don't know how to use it, probably won't be the most beneficial thing for you. So if you are getting a trauma kit, you want to you want to be able to take care of somebody more on a, uh, a less of a combative stance Then making sure that you're trained up is going to be pretty important. Uh, there's a lot of different resources out there like the stop the bleed. Um, they also have the American red cross and a couple of other things. Uh, mountain man medical offers and a completely free online trauma course that we set up uh, a year or so ago. And um, I've gotten a lot of good reviews on it. A lot of doctors and nurses and trauma medics uh, saying that it's a pretty good course and it's completely free. So if you, you want to learn more about just the basics of how to use a trauma kit, that's a great resource for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, and you know, we, we do a lot of stuff for survivalists as well and preppers. And it's another one of those things where it's a check the box sort of thing. Like people will buy these massive, like massive medical kits, like for the like, military medical kits. And, and I have one, I was a combat medic, um, as one of my, one of my roles. And so I know that stuff in there, but I opened it up and it's like, I'm pulling stuff out. Like, I know nobody knows how to use this or nasal pharyngeal. Like nobody knows how to use this stuff. And yet people will buy it and check the box, like good to go. So yeah. Every time I go to like a, a new organization or something, like um, I'll be doing a walkthrough at a church or just a school or something, somebody be like, oh, hey, come check out our trauma kit. You know, tell us what you think. And I'll go through it and it'll just be full of like or, oral pharyngeal airways and just a bunch of different things that nobody there knows how to use. It's just taking up space when they could be filling that space with more chest seals and more tourniquets and quick clot and, you know, things that are actually going to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, man, we're on to number five, uh, number four. Uh, what's the number four mistake? Oh man, number four. Okay, let me think here. Number four. Um, I would say uh, number four is not having a good enough bag to put your stuff in. Um, you know, being in a lot of arduous environments, uh, the first things that fail on me is is a lot of times it's going to be the bag that you're carrying it in, uh, especially the zippers. I don't know what it is. The zippers seem to fall apart the quickest. Um, so for our bags, I, I, I really advocated for having extra robust zippers. Cause that's always the first thing that's failed on me. 
um, in those types of environments. So having something that's going to work like that so that you can actually get to your equipment when you need it um, is one of those essential items. So wherever you go to get your trauma kit, whenever you get that bag, give it a double check and make sure it's going to be a quality one. It's not going to fall apart on you as you're running up to the casualty. Um, I think that'll probably be an essential thing. And making sure that you have trauma shears attached to that bag is one of those good items. A lot of times guys will carry around those pocket knives, right? Everybody's got a pocket knife on them and they want to, they want to whip that thing out and cut, cut clothes off and seat belts and everything. Cause it's one of those cool items. Like I love pocket knives too, but uh, having a way to uh, get eyes on the wound by taking off those clothes with a good set of trauma shears is the safest way to do that in an emergency. Um, you know, I've been in a lot of emergencies where I'll be sitting there working on somebody. People are running everywhere, screaming, bullets are flying. You know, things are just going nuts. And if I've got a pocket knife, I'm trying to cut off somebody's pants. Somebody comes by and kicks my elbow and I cram that knife into the femoral artery. That's a bad day for everybody. But if you got a nice pair of trauma shears, you can cut those clothes off much more safely and, um, and, and get eyes on those wounds on the wound. And there's a, um, sometimes you just got to make do, right? And we don't always get the choice. Sometimes we don't have trauma shears on us, but we do have a pocket knife. Um, so one of the things that you can do um, to be a little more safe about it is you take out the pocket knife, you just get the tip of the blade, make a tent in the fabric and poke a little hole in it. Put that knife back away so that you're not, you know, trying to skin that person out of their clothes, right? We're not trying to cut them out like it's a deer, right? So you make a little little cut in it, get your fingers in the hole, and you can just tear it all away. It works really good with bullet holes too. You want to figure out exactly where that uh, chest seal needs to go. Just get your two fingers in there, tear that shirt completely away. That's my go-to. I won't even bother with the trauma shears if I've already got a compromise in the fabric. So that might be a good option for you. Mm. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one before. That's that's a that's a really good point. I think a lot. I think you're you're right. I mean, the first thing that we we think about is like break out the knife and and just start shearing up the just cut straight up the uh, the pant leg or wherever it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. A lot of guys think about it, it's like Zorro, you know, just gonna like and the clothes just gonna fall off or something. But that's not really how it goes. Um, taking care of our casualties, making sure we're safe to so that we're not providing them with more harm than they already have taken. And then also being safe because we don't want to get injured either. If that takes us out of the fight. Then we got to use medical gear to fix our, our mistake. Better to just uh, to go about it the safest way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. All right. So what is, uh, what is IFAC mistake number five? All right. Last one. Let me see. Let me see what I got. Um, I stack IFAC mistake number five. I'm trying to blank. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else we got. Well, here I from. think one, I think one that, that I was thinking of as I was writing down notes is um, because the people like a lot of the gun guys and girls, I'm going to be sexist here, but uh, you know, when I go to the range there or, or I'm taking like a, some sort of a course, a lot of people will have them like inside of their bag, right? Like they understand like something I guess can happen at the range, but it's an individual first aid kit for a reason. Like, I think a lot of people just feel like if it's, they just kind of keep it in their range bag. A lot of people just have it attached right to their range bag, but you kind of brought it up before, but I mean, I think just having it close enough by, because you said a mul on multiple times here that uh, when something's happening, you're like, it, you could be looking at seconds where you've got to, you have to be able to do something. So you don't want to be running out to, do you want to run out to the car? Do you have to get into the trunk? Where did I leave it? Is it in my gun? Oh, it's back in the closet. So that's why I think, I think the challenge in the industry has been 
to be able to create something that is comfortable enough to wear. And I know this from experience because we created an, an, an ankle kit um, a few years back that we were doing for an IFAC. And I thought it was just going to be like, I, I mean, I carry an ankle, I, I carry an ankle holster for one of my back backup guns. So I'm used to carrying something with my ankle. I thought it was going to be a huge hit and it completely flopped. And I think just a lot of people aren't used to wearing something around their ankle. Um, I can't say it was the most comfortable thing in the world. You obviously know that it's there, but I think just like with a gun, if it's, if it's not comfortable, you're not going to wear it. And with an IFAC, if you, you know, if it's not, if it's not comfortable to wear, you're not going to wear it. If, if it's not, it's one of those things where you can't just check the box. It's got to be someplace where if you're in an accident or a shot or something, you've got to be able to get to it fast. Absolutely. I think Mount Mount Medical has its own uh, ankle IFAC kit and you can get a lot of good gear in there. Uh, I th we've got uh, a soft tea tourniquet. Um, we've got pressure dressings, quick clot, chest seals, everything that you need to have in there. Um, and it goes around your ankle and it's pretty comfortable. Um, one of the things that I like to do the most, one of my favorite items, especially for EDC carry, because if I'm, I'm walking around and I'm concealed carrying, I've already got a lot of crap on me. I don't want to be tons and tons of stuff everywhere. So my favorite thing is one of these SWAT T tourniquets. Yeah. And the SWAT T is an amazing tourniquet, not because it's the most effective tourniquet on the market. I would, I would rather have a cat tourniquet. If I, if I was working on somebody with an extremity wound, I'd rather have a cat tourniquet. It's a lot faster and it's more effective and it secures better, but cat tourniquets are kind of bulky and they're hard to carry. And like you said, if they're hard to carry and it's uncomfortable to carry, you're not going to carry it. So um, having something that will be able to take care of multiple problems is going to be essential. And that's why the uh, SWAT T is so effective. It's just a stretchy piece of rubber and you wrap it around the limb. And as it wraps around, it cuts off blood supply to the whole arm. Then you tuck it under itself. Now, the benefit of this is it's a multi-use item. So you can use this, you can cut off a little section of it and use it as a chest seal. You can turn it into a sling so that if somebody has a fractured arm, you can fix it for that. Um, it has a tons of different uses um, to take care of pretty much anything that you're going to encounter on the battlefield or, you know, uh, out at a dinner with your wife. So if you've got a puncture wound in a junctional area, like your neck, you can't take care of that with a tourniquet or with a traditional, like a cat tourniquet or a soft tee. But with this, you can wound pack, take your trauma shears or your knife and cut off a strip of t-shirt, pack that into the wound. And then you can apply this by wrapping it around and uh, using it as a pressure dressing. So not only will it work on limbs, but it'll work on junctional wounds, chest seals, and everything else. So having multi-use items is one of those important things, especially for your trauma kit, where you might want to have redundancy. If you have one tourniquet in your trauma kit, you have a cat tourniquet, that's great. But what if you're injured in more limbs than just one? If you need two tourniquets, it's nice to have a backup in there that you can use to take care of a multitude of different injuries instead of just arm and leg injuries. So having that is pretty, is a great way to do it because this is also very comfortable to carry. It's just a nice square, soft rubber package. It slides down nice into your front pocket. And um, it's, it's my go-to if I want to carry some trauma gear on me, but I don't want to carry a lot of stuff. Um, so this is probably be a best option for you. 
Yeah, that's killer, man. I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't heard a few of those different uses for uh, for that tourniquet before, and that is the one that I, I put inside of my IFAC also. But I just didn't realize it had those all those uses to it. That's awesome. Most people don't. It's it's one of. I'm a fanboy of it. I mean, we sell them, of course, so it helps. It pays to be a fanboy, but it's definitely one of my top items to always have. I have at least one in every trauma kit that I have because it adds that redundancy. I can take care of more things, and if I need an extra tourniquet, I've got that too. Yeah, yeah, really good point, Brian. This has been awesome, man. I'm, I've I've definitely learned something, and I, I I keep trying to press to everybody out there, especially you know our our concealed carry guys and everybody that. This really is kind of a, that is not a kind of it. It is a must have item. I just think people are like, if you don't have one, you're only, you're going out there like half naked. If you're going out there with a gun or, an, or a knife and using it for personal defense and you don't have an IFAC with you. So, uh, but as I said before, it's only as good as the gear that you have, the quality of the gear that you have and the person that's using it and, and be able to be trained to use it. So, uh, so definitely awesome stuff here, man. Um, again, listen, everybody, go check out more of Brian's training and the gear that he has over at mountainmanmedical.com. Go check out his YouTube channel. Uh, that's going to just go ahead and search for Mountain Man Medical. You'll find him there. I'll go ahead and put a link to his channel. That one video I think was really, really good that I saw on the, on the cat tourniquet. So go check that out also. And until our next Warrior Life podcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.